In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Between the Lines. On this podcast, you will hear about and from lesser-known Canadian authors and writers who, for whatever reason, have remained under the radar of traditional publishers and publishing houses. You will also hear from editors, literary agents, and publishers in the hopes of giving us all a better understanding of how it all works together. If it has something to do with writing or the writing process, you are going to hear a discussion about it here. I'm your host, Randy Lacey. I'm encouraging you to grab your bevy of choice, get comfy, and get ready to go between the lines. People come into writing in several different ways. For some, it was a teacher at school handing out a writing assignment, while for others, it may have been by reading and wondering if they might be able to write. Every writer has started their writing journey on a different path. Each writer's journey will be different, yet similar. But one thing all writers have in common is a different destination. Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Lines. On today's show, I will be speaking with Rosalie Nogler, who writes historical fiction as well as children's books. Perhaps through this discussion, we'll see if she even has more to offer. Hello, Rosalie, and welcome to Between the Lines. Hi, Randy. <laughs> I apologize about that. <laughs> uh, first day with new eyes, I guess. I do not know. I can't, I can't say. Uh, Rosalie, I wonder if you would be so kind as to spend a few minutes telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, um, what makes you get up every morning or, you know, your family. Something that you'd like to share? Okay. I grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan, one of 10 children. After graduation, I worked in banks and doctor's offices and architect's offices in Saskatoon and in Ontario. Uh, I like being active. I, I do hiking, biking, quilting, singing, horseback riding, sailing, and traveling around the world. My husband and I have two daughters and uh, one grandchild. But 40 years ago, we moved out here to Victoria, BC, and started building houses. And we loved the warmer weather. So for many years, we split our time between Victoria and uh, Arizona. So we're retired now and got uh, lots of time on our hands. (laughs) So you said one of 10 children? There's 10 children. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm the oldest daughter. And 
from Saskatchewan. So I'm putting some logistics together here. If, I, if I'm yes. not cold winters, make oh, yes. warm, warm bedfellows, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's uh, I'm going to get right into uh, what I call question period, if that's all right with you. Mm-hmm. First question then would, uh, would be when you write a children's story, do you have an, an age range that you try to write to or that you aim for with um, your stories? I like taking photos. So uh, that's what I chose as my medium. Younger children, they can relate to real things like cats and dogs and rabbits and birds and things. So um, I guess the age range, age range would be about two to eight, although grandparents and parents have told me they really enjoy my books too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, kids can certainly relate to, to pictures very easily. And if there's something to draw their eyes to, I guess the story is just secondary because they're listening while they're looking at the picture. Exactly. (laughs) And you said you have one grandchildren. So was any of your books aimed at your grandchild? Well, I I wrote the first book I would, I'd almost finished it when we found out we were going to be grandparents so it's oh. like <laughs> serendipity <laughs> well there you go what scares you the most about the children's book genre well there's so much competition out there um, I, I recently did a reading at Indigo Books and I looked around and there's just mountains of books everywhere I was looking at some of the titles some are pretty dark these days it's not just for fun anymore uh, which is okay. It It is good too, but mine are just for fun. <laughs> the other thing is I noticed most of them are either cartoonish or graphic art. Mm-hmm. So mine have actual photographs. Um, so they, they're a little bit different. Yeah, that would set you apart, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But you've got to you've got to get them to open that cover to see that. So what do you what, what have you done to do that? Um, well, the covers are quite bright they're you know uh an actual i made the owl for that book and the other one is a photo of a robin that i took oh nice and i had some reviews even from children on the back (laughs) nice well you know out of the mouths of babes right yes right (laughs) man we're just pulling out all kinds of old stings and cliches today (laughs) No, but it's good. I mean, you know, what what speaks more than a kid who likes what they have in, in their hands, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, if they don't like it, they'll sure, sure tell you. And if they do like it, they'll sure tell you too. <laughs> yeah. Well, after my reading, I, I, I let some of the kids sit in the big throne. They have a throne there to, to look at the books. Uh, and they were quite excited. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> to sit I, in a throne and read a book. <laughs> and I bet you, you got excited that they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Can you have a story without a lesson to be taught? Oh, definitely. Um, my kids' photo books are, are just for fun. The first one about the owl, uh, and then this, the, the second one about robins and other birds and animals. And I like to throw a little humor in, too. So uh, sometimes they just need to, to just relax and not have to think too hard, just just be. That's why that, that question was important for me to ask you. And I think it's important to have fun for fun's sake. So thank you for writing books like that. Would you prefer to have a reader, friend, family member, or stranger tell you the truth about your writing? 
or have them lie to you oh, I in order want, to protect you, of course. Yeah, I, I always want the truth. Uh, but, you know, it, the feedback should be gentle and useful. Recently, I joined a story group and also a writer's group. And it's great to, you know, bounce our stories off each other, get some feedback and and have a few laughs and just hear everyone's different opinions and different uh, takes on things. I like that. In writing groups, for example, as you were saying, I've seen comments like, I don't want negative comments. But you can grow from a negative comment. Right, right. 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 So, I mean... I've never been one to like fluffy responses or feel good responses or tickle my ear kind of thing. No. Tell it to me and I will deal with it. Exactly. If it's garbage, tell me why it's garbage. Or if you don't like it, tell me why. <laughs> so I can make it better. Exactly. I like that for sure. We're, we're, people are too sensitive. Is that, is, that a, is that a fair thing to say? Some people are just way too sensitive. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> as as you know well moving along to the next one what is the hardest thing you ever had to or tried to write book of historical fiction that i'm writing right now it's about okay. my ninth uh great grandmother and she was in the very first group of uh de Bois, the king's daughters that came to new france in 1663 oh, wow. so there's a ton of research to do and uh, you know, I'm here, I'm finding sad stories, but also joyous times and trying to fit that all in with history and, and uh, just, it it's overwhelming at times, but I'm loving it. <laughs> How do you determine what is important enough to go in and what's not? My gut feeling, like, uh, I I think of her, what she went through, she was a 27 year old widow with two young daughters and had to make that decision. Do I go? Do I not? Uh, it's a, it's a forever because nobody came back after when they went to that situation. So, and, uh, and then she died a few years later. So her daughters had to deal with their stuff too. So it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> There's an important place for that stuff just on the historical aspect of it, but you throw in imagination into that and it's, it's an even more beautiful place to be. Of touch, taste, sight, smell, and sound, which do you incorporate into your writing the most? I'm very visual. So uh, mostly I, I see things, but I also have been dreaming of my characters at night. I don't know if that's weird. Oh. <laughs> But I'm trying to incorporate more of the other senses too now. You know, I I actually have to tell myself, okay, how about some sounds? How about some smells? <laughs> well, especially if you're doing historical fiction, I guess that would add to the realism of the period that you're trying to write about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the questions I asked uh, the other fellow was like, you know, where do you do your research? Do you research the clothes? Do you research the food they ate? or you know, so like what in your research, what was important? Yeah, all those things. Uh, you know, I go, of course, Google is great, isn't it? <laughs> and so I, I look up old things and, and I was able actually to find part of the ship's log online of that 
particular journey because it was a special one because they had like Bishop Laval and, and Governor uh, Talon on the ship. So it was a, <laughs> a That's special incredible. trip. Incredible. That sounds French then. Is your family yeah. from France? Uh, originally, yeah. For boats? 1600s. Okay. And whereabouts in France? Normandy or? Uh, yes. Um, my mom's father's side was from Enfleur, which okay. is up at the north mouth of the Seine. And the other side was from Brittany. Okay. My, uh, my family lineage through my mom goes back to uh, that area as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and they, we're related. <laughs> they settled in, uh, they settled, uh, where? Ile d'Orléans in Quebec. Oh, you're kidding. No. <laughs> that's, that's where mom's, um, mother's son family settled. So two brothers came over there. Their last name was Labrec. Ah. And, and, and two brothers, and they pretty much settled that island. Well, they, they must have known the Martineaus because, uh, that's, they, they came in the 16, yeah. Uh, 50s actually yeah yeah wow <laughs> hey, we'll have to talk later <laughs> that's that's remarkable uh, <laughs> um, have you have you ever been there because it's a beautiful island oh i have i have uh back in a panzer fodder or planter which do you primarily adhere to when you're writing well, uh, when I wrote my children's books, I was definitely a pantster. Um, like I said, we learned we'd be grandparents after I wrote the first one. Okay. So then I got excited to have to write another one. <laughs> um, but now writing the epic fiction, I have to plot more and plan a bit more. Um, you can't just throw it all out there because you want it to be pretty accurate historically. But you can be creative, too, because it's fiction. That's what I was, I was going to ask you next is while you're plotting, so as you're a, a, a plotter, there is room or is there room to throw in that panster style of writing? Yeah, every once in a while I just get a, a light bulb moment. Oh, I want to talk about icebergs in the Atlantic or, you know, something like that. But <laughs> Very common. Very, very common. <laughs> Uh, if you if you had a preference to write though, would it be still Potter or? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm leaning more towards planning now because uh, it just, just makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes more sense. Bonus question that you don't have. Oh. <laughs> so here you go. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> if I showed up in your front yard with a time machine and said, "Hey, Rosalie." get in when would you like to travel to i would definitely go back to quebec in the 1660s and and talk to these ancestors and ask them what the heck (laughs) what's happening in your life and how did you make that decision and and how are you living i mean it's just so fascinating yeah quebec eh so circa 1650-ish yeah and uh, I took my mom on a trip there when she was 85 and I was oh, 60. And nice. it, was, it was amazing. It was really great. Do you speak French? Uh, comme si, comme ça. Comme si, comme ça. Oui, oui. I understand that. I do. Uh, I've lost all my French from being uh, out, out west all my life, most of my adult life. So 
Do you have any advice about writing you'd care to share? Um, just do it. Get all your thoughts down and then leave it for a few weeks and, and then go back and edit. Uh, every edit seems to improve things. Um, I ask a trusted friend or a, um, another writer to to read my work and I don't have to take their advice, but um, sometimes they see things that I don't. And so I appreciate that. And I've discovered this read uh, aloud feature on my computer. It's great. You can hear it in another voice and you feel like you're the audience instead of the author. And, and it's uh, amazing. <laughs> I assume you're talking about Microsoft Word with the yes. read aloud. That's right. Are you familiar with the OneNote option? No. Okay. So on your computer, Windows, you're using Windows 10? Yes. Okay. So within Windows 10, there's OneNote. OneNote. Okay. And when you go in there, uh, when you open it, there's a, you can, there's a section that you can put in the piece that you want read and it has different voices. So it doesn't sound computerized uh, and it sounds so much better. Yeah. And you can actually record it. <laughs> but anyway, I would, I would highly recommend that over the read aloud with, uh, oh. with word. Good. Good to know. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so are your books traditionally published or self-published? I, I self-published the, the kids' books because I just, I wanted to learn. Yeah. But also I found that if you went the traditional route, it was very expensive. And it, uh, they, had, they had control sort of of what happened with it. So this way I could just, you know. Now are you talking it, vanity presses or are you talking an actual traditional publisher? Um, I guess a traditional well, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't explore it too. I phoned a few places and, and it seemed like it would be expensive. So then I went to my local um, Island Blueprint company that has a book division. Okay. And so I, I made files and they printed them and they'll print as many as I want. Okay. And, you know, so I started out with 50 and now I'm up to over 200 that I've had printed. And, oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to the section part two called Shameless Plugging. And this is where you get to plug things that you are doing, doing, or have done. So number one, what works do you currently have in publication? So plug away. Okay, My Little Owl was my first book. And uh, it uh, received a Greater Victoria Public Library Emerging Author Award. (laughs) That's a mouthful. (laughs) um and then i just recently finished uh my second book called robins and friends and uh they're both like i said photo photo books and i've got them in a few bookstores in town and and uh gift shops have you thought about donating uh to the library yes that's uh that's part of the deal when you get this award you donate a book and then they they might order a bunch after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you present? Well, obviously you do because you're doing historical fiction now, but do you have any, anything you're currently working on? And if so, uh, how close is it to being completed? I'm nearly finished my book called Maggie's Boy. It's about my grandfather. He Mm -hmm. was a young orphan in England and a home child sent to Canada when he was 13. 
and later he became a pioneer in Saskatchewan. So his story has been in the back of my mind for years and years, and I just always felt, oh, I'd like to tell that story someday, but how do I do that? And and so I, I just bit the bullet and said, I'm going to do it. So I, that's what I'm working on, pretty much finished. And I, I might get an editor to, you know, help me finish it to see see what needs to be tweaked and uh and then the book about my uh, french great great grandmother ninth great grandmother um is about a third done so i figure it'll take about another year to work through that and probably another bunch of side projects along the way too if you're anything like any other writer i have two more uh children's books and that are in my brain ready to jump out (laughs) well there you go that's fantastic so you like the right obviously i do yeah and you have no problem finding things to write about no no not at all okay is there one of your books which you i I really don't like asking this but i have to because (laughs) i have to um is there one of your books which you are more particularly fond of and why well my first book uh, my little owl was special because it came about early one winter morning about a year ago I was feeling kind of down and it was still dark out so I got up to read and all of a sudden I heard this owl right outside the window and for some reason it felt to me like it was my dad come to visit and he's been gone (laughs) 12 years but we were always very close so I I made the felted owl that day and started taking pictures of it doing everyday things like hiking and biking and going to the store and the library and things like that so that was a special uh, book and I dedicated it to dad and then I thought well I better write one to dedicate to my mom now so that's how the other one came about <laughs> interesting thanks for sharing that that was a good memory <laughs> <laughs> where can people contact you or connect with you uh, do you have like Facebook or a website uh, snail mail uh, do you blog uh, meta or you know, Facebook whatever TikTok Instagram I, I could go on Twitter I, I'm pretty old school right now and, and pretty new at this. So right now I just have my email, which is nogler at shaw.ca, spelled K-N-O-G-L-E-R. And um, I'm hoping to have a website soon so that I can sell my books and my quilts and my wall hangings. Okay. Yeah. yeah and you're not on Facebook. Well, just personally, not... I. I you know, once in a while, I'll sit, uh, put out a picture of one of my books and say, hey, but I only have, you know, maybe 70 friends on there. I I haven't gone crazy. Finally, uh, do you have any words of advice uh, or wisdom, rather, to uh, impart uh, before we finish? It doesn't well, have to be about writing. It could be. It could... Uh, okay. Well, enjoy the process. Um, I've always liked writing and wanted to try something bigger, but never had the time. So when COVID hit, I thought, you know what? Uh, I've got no distractions anymore, no, no meetings, whatever. Just, just do it and, uh, have something to show at the end of this weird time. What do your daughters think of your writing? 
oh yeah, they're, they're, they're great. But uh, I, I was a little, you know, shy about, uh, this is what I wrote, but you know, <laughs> in fact, one of them thinks she wants to write now. So that's well, good. You go? That's awesome. <laughs> so you're talking about your children's books or are you talking about your, your bigger projects? Um, well, she would write uh, her own story, sort of like you. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. Isn't it nice? a nice feeling to know that you've inspired somebody? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Rosalie, thank you so much for agreeing to do this, especially, you know, your first podcast interview. So thank you for allowing me to make it easy for you. I hope it was easy for oh, you. Oh, it was. It was enjoyable. And uh, so, again, thank you for this, and I hope it wasn't too uh, terrifying for you. And uh, so one last question, just for, for, for giggles. What's next for you? Oh, travel it again. <laughs> I miss <Yay>! traveling. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to do a, a, a video for my mother's birthday, which I've never done a video before. So photos and music and stories. <laughs> that's uh, another learning curve <laughs> well you sound you said you were a plotter so you can plot this one out too yep <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much again for doing this and uh well you know the best of luck to you thank you and thank you for having me on your show and for all your inspiration too okay i didn't know i did that but you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to between the lines in future episodes, I will not only be speaking with Canadian authors and writers, I will also be speaking with those from the other side of the writing industry, editors, agents, and publishers, in the hopes of getting a better understanding of how it all works together. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and content. Send all your comments, suggestions, or any questions you'd like to have a guest answer to me at randy.dplpodcast at gmail.com Be sure to visit me at www.therandylacy.ca While there, look for the Buy Me a Coffee button to help support the podcast. Thank you for your time and your ears. Tune in, be inspired, and write on. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.